0: The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches to help leaders and top performers excel professionally and personally. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. And before I started recording this episode with my buddy, Tom Ziggler, he starts telling me about his weekend speaking alongside a Navy SEAL at an event. And I literally just stopped him and said wait that 's that 's really good let 's just record this." So he ultimately got into talking about the preparations of the Navy seals and the power of mental models and rehearsing our performance, and I wanted to just stick with it. I actually abandoned my intended talk for this episode. We were going to talk about kindness. Uh, maybe we 'll do that in the next episode, but what you 're about to hear is a candid talk through our opportunity to discern what we want out of our days and plan for it to actually rehearse even, which sounds odd, but we'll listen in. It sounds basic, but as you're going to hear, it's not. And we're really missing out. We, me too, on our top performance. As a result, the top performance that we expect from our military, especially special forces, the top performance we expect from the athletes in our favorite sports, the top performance we expect in our entertainment, then they all have a desired outcome and they plan and rehearse for it. Well, why aren't we? That's, This podcast has a simple premise. It's to take the best of self-help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today. I'm Kevin Miller. I'll be your guide as we bring on the best and brightest and tackle the challenges and opportunities head on. Now, I bring you Tom Ziegler and a talk we had on rehearsing for our daily performance. Tom, we always do these shows and then I'll end up, you know, with friends or social media or something and mention something that happened uh, you know, uh, just in life. And they go, Hey, why don't you talk about this on the show? So, uh, you, and you're just about to tell me about speaking. And, uh, I'm just asking you as a friend, what's happened. I thought, man, that people would like to hear that. I, I didn't hang out with Navy seals this weekend. I did do some Epic mountain bike rides. I'm getting ready for a 12 hour race next weekend. I'm doing with a team of three guys or yeah, there's three of us. And, uh, each of us, you know, you do like your 15 mile lap and then the next guy does the next guy does. So I did some Epic Rocky mountain, uh, hiking and biking this weekend. It was awesome. But you hung out with Navy SEALs amongst other stuff. So before we talk about kindness, um, were the Navy SEALs kind to you, Tom? Yeah. No, no head, were. no headlocks or, uh,
1: waterboarding or anything. Yeah, so uh, let, me, let me go back even a week before that. Yeah, I know. You've been, uh, you've been gone every weekend or, or, or long Since you mentioned uh, Epic Mountain Biking. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Golly, I can't even believe it's a couple of weeks ago. No, well, not quite a couple of weeks ago. I was out in Vancouver, Washington with Total Merchant Concepts, great company. Uh, Sherry Perry and Dean Perry are the owners. And they do credit card processing, and they are amazing. Uh, They've got customers all over the country. They had me out to uh, do a one-day coach leadership program for their leadership team. And so I go in there, and the first day I'm there, I've got some extra time. So I do a seven-mile hike along this river. Uh, Don't ask me what the name of the river is. It was East Fork of something. Yeah. Uh, and I really liked it because when you hike along a river, there is no elevation, or very rarely is there elevation. And uh, I collect waterfalls, so there's a couple of waterfalls on this river. Beautiful hike. Then we spend all day with our team, and we do it. Uh, it was the coolest environment. It was in uh, Sherry and Dean's house. They had this big kind of TV media room, and our whole leadership team is in there. And we're just having a on the couch discussion about leadership mindset, about the virtues of leadership, and that you need to walk out. And that, gotta, that was the venue. Yeah, uh, you, we did So it. you're a paid speaker, and you're doing it in their house. That's killer. That beats the heck out it's, of a hotel conference room. Well, let me just tell you when you're when you're doing a leadership group. Uh, of course, I had the workbooks and a whole nine yards as far as learning materials. Yeah. Had the PowerPoint. But when you're all sitting around, it's like like the, the perfect compromise between a campfire and a hotel conference center, right? It's, okay. right? We saved the campfire for later. We did that the next night. You did? That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so, so we go around and we just discuss these things. And it's, and it, and it's like very, um, today's leadership, is, we talk about all the time, it's different. Uh, the people the people have changed. well, guess what else has changed the way they like to learn. yeah uh, you know people don't want to sit in concrete boxes anymore. They want to they really want to dig in and, and get into it in, in a professional way, but also in an engaging comfortable way uh, that opens up the dialogue. Very powerful. And then the next day we met again for breakfast. Uh, and so all night long they're distilling these things and so we spent a little over an hour just answering questions and about to go back to the house. And Sherry, uh, one, of, one of the team members, they were trying to give me some advice on where to hike. And one of them said, well, gosh, do you want to go alone? And then all of a sudden the whole leadership team and, and Sherry and Dean and myself were out and we're going on this up the gorge up there, just outside of just North of Portland in, okay. in Washington unbelievable yeah and we went to this waterfall called horsetail uh just just incredible and that was a very vertical hike luckily it was short <laughs> and so just think about that learning experience uh, the relationships that were built in that and of course total merchant concepts tmc um they're they're the ones who also do our cards so what a great relationship builder you know, not only to be asked to come in, and 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 do that program, but just just to, and this is a friendship in business that's been going on for decades now. So how cool was that? And it, then this last. Well, I, I want to just real quick, Tom, just to that. So as a, you know,
0: I've done events uh myself, events like that, and I'm up here in Colorado. We went through kind of in, in a few years' time, to twelve events. I would rent out camps and these high Rocky mountain stuff, but man, I'm a, I'm a to the point kind of person. I like bullet points. Let's get to the point. Let's make use of this time. And I actually had people attending very kindly say, Kevin, you brought us up here into the mountains. That's part of the reason why we wanted to come. And you're just inundating us with information, which is, it's great, but we also want to go out and and hike and, and, and whatnot. And back to your experiential and us seeing so much of that. Uh, that people do want an experience. And I sure do. Just like you said, I don't want to go to an event and sit in a concrete box. I'm looking at, okay, where's the event? What's nearby? Is there a beach nearby? Do they have a pool or there's some hiking? Is there, you know, is it Vegas or whatever, you know, whatever people are into. And I just don't tend to give that enough credit. So I just wanted to pull that out for people who are doing events that I, I think you're right. We're seeing more people have these, it's almost like an event vacation. And I, for one, am way more prone to spend my money, spend my time to go engage with something. If I'm also going to feed my pleasures to some degree, which for me, yeah, beach is top of the list, man. If there's a beach nearby, I am that much more likely to come spend money at your <laughs> event. My dad, uh, Dan Miller, they've done some on cruise ships then the event on a cruise ship. That's great. People get that. Plus you get your vacation time and fun uh, as a business write off as well. So just to, just to highlight that for people, because we have so many in our audience who are thinking about doing events. And even if it's just a small event in your hometown, can you do it instead of the cheap thing? Can you do it in a cool, you know, do it at the park, do it at a lodge, do it at a church, something. I, I don't know. Can you add something to it? So just wanted to pull that up. Okay. Next event then.
1: Yeah. So, uh, just to tie down, the the event out and, and, uh, with, with TMC. Uh, so Sherry, I text her a few days later and I say, what was your big takeaway? Right. I always try to do that with our Mm -hmm. clients, you know, because, you know, part of it is, uh, how you feel and what you learn. And, and then a few days later, it's like, what are you using? Right. Because absolutely and and so about it was almost 2 days later she replied and she said our biggest takeaway is we are actually using the attitude effort and skill questions that we went over hmm. now instead of in their quarterly and annual reviews in other words we we teach an intentional coaching conversation so these these managers are now going back to their people and they're saying you know, they're using these questions in the day to day. Well, the key, the reason that's so important is, is if you start asking these, in question, these questions on a weekly basis, then people are, are learning and growing every single week, right? Because that accountability comes in. So that was cool. And then, uh, so last Thursday, I fly out to Morgan Hill, California. Morgan Hill is like, I think 20 minutes outside of uh, San Jose. And so it's just a beautiful area of the country. Morgan Hill is a a very cool place. Um, And there's a client there, uh, European Rolling Shutters, and Paul and Linda um, own that. I think Linda owns it. And and family business, it's been coming down for years. Uh, They've been in business. And Armando Garcia, who's one of our Uh, Ziegler legacy guys. He's, he works with them and he's, Hey, why don't you come out? And so this is my third trip out there working with them and they put together a, and this is kind of a cool idea. They are using these events to not only train their own people, but to bring uh, friends of the company and vendors, customers of the company, and they're all participating in this. So we did a leadership uh, session on Friday, Friday morning, and they, they, I, got, I met this guy named William Branham, and he is a Navy SEAL. Um, it's I think he was in 26 years, 23 as a SEAL, or 23 years, 20 as a SEAL. Anyway, <laughs> long time. Uh, I don't have his bio in front of me, but I believe he did seven combat tours mm. uh, and was a leader and did all these different things. And so whatever your picture of a Navy SEAL is, I mean, this is the guy. Right. I mean, this is the guy. And so he's he does an hour on leadership and he has these five keys, which are which are pretty cool. Um, and it matches so closely to what we at Ziegler have been teaching for years. Of course, the the setting is a lot different with the seal than it is with, you know, you know, with in in a company. Right. Because right. the consequences are a lot uh, quicker. <laughs> And brutal, yeah. But the the principles behind it are are so powerful, and um, you know we should get him on and have him tell his story. But he he gave this one scenario which was really cool because in in one of the things that I teach is what's called the mental model, and that's where you think it through and you create slots in your brain before you go out and do it. So if you're gonna have a phone call. If I was gonna call you and there were, I would have a mental model or for 60 seconds or a couple of minutes, I'd say, I'd say to myself, okay, I'm gonna call Kevin. Last time we talked, we talked about this. He's probably gonna have these three or four questions. How would I answer those? What information should I bring to it? Well, that all creates slots in my brain. And then he started talking about how when the SEALs, when they were gonna go on a mission, maybe to capture a bad guy, they would do intel and they would find out where this person was located. And they would do a, a pre-planning session where they would say, okay, this is how many are going in. This is, this is how many vehicles were taken. This is who's gonna be on the team. These are the major landmarks that we're gonna see along the way. And when we get there, the building kind of looks like this and it's probably gonna be in this room. And here's how we're gonna breach. And here's how we're gonna come in. And so they do that pre-planning, and then they go outside and they recreate in a small space the whole mission. And so they'll put like uh, you know trash cans and and things like that will represent a building or a right turn and and so and, and so different things. And they get in their vehicles just like they will on the mission, and they take off just like they will in the mission, and they do radio back and forth just like they do on the mission, and they enact everything that's going to happen on the mission in this, in these dry run, these role plays. So that they're, and I said, you know, I asked him at the end, I said, Hey, did you know that that's a mental model? Did you know that that's part of what you're doing? And he was like, well, you know, I know that the more we do it, the better we get at it. And the more lives are saved, but I didn't realize it was a mental model. And so that is, kind of like the reality of why it's so important to practice, practice, practice to slot that in. And then of course I asked the last question, uh, which is, I was hoping I would get the answer I did, but I said, William, when you go in, I mean, do you go in at like one o'clock in the afternoon when the weather is perfect and there's no clouds in the sky or when do you go in? And he said, Oh no, we wait for the darkest time of night with the worst possible weather and the worst possible conditions, because that's where we thrive. And of course, one of the points that I talk about in the, because I was doing coach leadership, that was my part of the program is the coach leader mindset. And I say the coach leader, when we're leading the team is we pray for rain. We pray for disruption. We, We want it to be as tough as possible on the industry and our competitors, because that gives us a strategic advantage. And I just thought that was very interesting, that correlation between the seals, where they want they want to go in when everybody else wants to be asleep. And as leaders, we should thrive when there's change in the air, when there's disruption in the market, because we're not we're not developing our team to run a system that never changes. We're developing our people to grow and to learn and to improvise and to collaborate and to work together so that no matter what happens, we're going to take advantage of that situation. So that was pretty cool. And he's just, he's a great guy. Um, And he spent about an hour with everybody. And so it was really cool seeing Uh, Kind of a very just top level practical, you know, uh, Navy SEAL approach to how we're going to get this mission done, how we're going to train and, you know, putting over in the business context, how really the mindset and the principles are are the same, but the battlefield's different and the consequences are different.
0: Thank you for tuning into this podcast. I hope you find a takeaway that inspires or equips you to move closer to your dreams, your desires, and your convictions. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. Okay. Well, here's a story, Tom. I, uh, been to church most of my life, been in churches, had one at one point where imagine you're out in the foyer Something like COVID has happened. Everybody's talking about it. You're talking about it with all your friends. You go in, you sit down, pastor, you know, do, do worship, whatever the pastor comes up and goes, okay, well, we're continuing on our course in Leviticus five, or <laughs> yeah, hopefully not something that bad, but you know, keeps the course there. And I'm thinking, <laughs> dude, the world's in a pandemic right now. Seriously. Are we not going to address this? Had another one. Matter of fact, I'm going to name this guy, Christ church, Nashville, Tennessee, Pastor Hardwick, Pastor Hardwick. A lot of people know Mike Hardwick through Dave Ramsey and Churchill Mortgage. Well, Mike's dad, Pastor Hardwick led that church. He just recently died, uh, actually. And one of the things I loved about him, we went to that church for a decade, is he would have his plan and he'd get up and something would happen. Somebody would say something, something going on. And he may even be partway into what he intended and yet just feel moved. He says, folks, I don't think, I think the spirit's moving. We're going to go there. And he would just dive in. And I so appreciated that about him being uh, in tune with his flock in essence. So on that note, Tom, let's ditch my intended topic and let's talk about the mental model. Because as you're sitting there talking about it, and you mentioned it in the show here before, because as you talk about it, I'm thinking about the benefits that I get in my life in the areas that I do that and what I'm missing out on in the areas I don't do that like you talking about if you're going to let's talk about where do you do where are people used to a mental model if a maybe this is is sexist to say but as a guy uh I experienced, and I know, I know friends have who, whether it's a a date or even a special time with your spouse, something you really want to do it right, the anniversary, the whatever, and you plan it out. I mean, I remember dates and... And dates, you know, prior to my wife. And then even as, even as a married guy where I had it planned out, you know, what you're going to, what you're going to present. Maybe you're going to surprise them. It's Valentine's. You're going to have roses through the house or you're going to have a special getaway and you've got it orchestrated is what I was thinking of. Now you're talking about a mental model, but I had it planned out and it was incredible. I mean, the shows that we do here, people, I remember a friend of mine, when I was first started doing shows and talked about interviews, he says, man, it's awesome to listen to you, Kevin. You're such an amazing conversationalist. You always have the next question ready. And I said, man, I'm not that good. I'm so sorry. I'm not. It's because I did my homework. I read the person's book. I have notes down. I review those notes. And so when I'm starting talking either, either one, I can just kind of guide through those notes or the person will say something and I have a note down here. I know the page number, I know whatever. And so I can just bring that up. It's just because I've done my homework. I am not, my memory is not that good. I'm not that good on my feet. That's why I don't do a whole lot of, you know, presentations and things out there. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of planned out there, mental models. And yet, where do I not do that? How often in my life, Dom, do I just go into a family situation, a relational thing, a business thing, especially if you know, it might be kind of difficult, and I may be worried about it. I may have anxiety. I may have a couple thoughts, but I didn't really plan it out. I didn't take control. I wasn't intentional. And in how I don't benefit. And it makes me think back to your the Navy SEALs and them going through and practicing that and redoing that. Uh, your dad Zig Ziglar and how he would do that on the stage. And he would practice. And he knew when he was going to pause. You've talked about this. When he's going to pause. When he's going to kneel down for great effect. I still am trying to do that now, even on the shows here, I get excited and I start running and people, it can get, I've had somebody said, man, Kevin sounds like he's got ADHD sometimes. And I, I need to have a mental model of the pace (laughs) of the show. And I know that we are in a age when we want authenticity, but that is, is it inauthentic? Prepare. Maybe that's a relevant thing to put out there. Is it inauthentic? Does it feel inauthentic to prepare for an engagement specifically with another human being? Or is that respectful? Is that kind? Which was what I was going to talk about before in in, in this show. Is that kind? And is it also just in our best interest? Do you think that I wonder, I'd be interesting to ask a group of people if we had them in front of us. Does it feel inauthentic to prepare for an engagement like that? Do you think that's relevant?
1: I think, I think just the opposite.
0: It's, it's even more authentic. Well, I Uh, I am too, Tom, but I'm asking, do you think people struggle with that? Just as we're sitting here talking about it, do you think sometimes people might feel like, oh, well, that's just kind of, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing a strategy that doesn't feel authentic. I'm just wondering if people struggle with that.
1: I'm not saying that it is. Gosh, that's a good question. I I think most people um, probably don't prepare because they don't realize the importance of it. Yeah. So I'll give you two kind of cool examples of really preparing a mental model and leaving all the options open. Okay. Right. Because you can, there's a real danger that says, you know, here are my seven questions and I'm going to ask them in order. Which people get ding dong with interviews. You can
0: tell, I mean, I've listened to them and think that guy is because the guy, you know, somebody says something meaningful, and there's that temptation if you don't have your wits about you to just go, okay.
1: So anyways, next question, chapter two. I know. Yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah. Can you send me the questions you like to be asked? Uh, you know,
0: that's kind of like. Which, you know, no. they do, uh, probably 75% of the books that I get sent by agencies and publishers have the, Hey, here are the questions. And I specifically try not to look at those. Yeah. And
1: they do that to make it easy for people who don't do their homework like you do, uh, But, but here's the key. The the key is, is that you prepare in advance. You have your questions lined out. You kind of have the sequence. And then you ask the first question. And then when you get a great guest, they rabbit trail you, you know, they make something out of it more than what you thought. And then that's the case where you jump on. Right. And you say, Hey, tell me more. That's That's the best stuff. Yeah. So, so one example of dad really preparing and doing the mental model is, you know, he had his whole talk lined out. He had all the stories he was going to tell. And then there was two things that he always tried to do differently. And, and one is, so he was always trying to add in a new story to see how it would go and take out a story that he thought was maybe a little older or wasn't getting the result that it used to, right? So he's always tweaking it. The other thing is he had all these one-liners, all of these jokes, and they were never... uh They were never planned in, right? They were just there for him to grab. And so he would grab them based on the energy of the room. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you're first up and everybody can't believe they're about to be, you know, here's Zig Ziglar go nuts, right? Well, then all the humor, it works at any time, at any point, and it doesn't really matter, right? Everybody's engaged. The other times you're the last speaker on a three-day event and everybody's looking at their watch because they got to leave at exactly four 57 and they're going to miss their flight. Right. And they're tired and everything else. Well, then, you know, your content's got to change. It's got to be quicker and there's got to be more jokes along the way. So I was talking with Andy Costa and Andy at Ziegler, he does all of our video mm-hmm. and he comes to our events and gets the video down and edits a lot of our stuff. Well, he's also working with Michael jr and
0: i was just about to bring michael jr up because talk about somebody who plans methodically with options though because he's going to watch the vibe and see where to
1: go yeah so i so andy started touring with him i didn't know that sweet yeah so andy's doing going with him on these events traveling with him doing the camera and running i guess he's running uh powerpoint or notes or props i'm not really sure Um, But I go, well, how's that? And he goes, man, it's a lot of work. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, well, 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 Michael goes, Michael Jr. goes into the audience and he's got this script in his head of what he's going to do. And then he reads the audience and he could go in five or ten different directions based on how the audience is responding to certain types of jokes and storylines and humors. And then that changes the PowerPoint sequence or mm-hmm. what's going to come up on video next. And so, and he's like, I got to be writing too with Michael jr. Because he's going to create an experience for that audience based on what that audience is meeting and receptive to right there on the moment. Now that is to me, that's like a ninja level mm-hmm. mental model, right? It's, it's coming in there ready. And that's what the, that's what the seals do is they do the ninja level mental model because they want to anticipate all the variables that, that known and unknown that could come in and what their options are when they happen. And the greatest, and this is true in, in business and in military and probably in comedy <laughs> The greatest warriors, the greatest comedians, the greatest business people, they come in that prepared, and then they maximize whatever opportunities present themselves as they go. And they move away from the risk and danger as they appear. And that is a really powerful thing. And that's what a mental model allows you to do. It allows you to already have, I call them slots in your brain, to bring in all this information because if you're in a firefight i mean the reason the seals are practicing this to such uh disciplined perfection is because when they get out there he was saying the easy part's getting the bad guy in the truck the hard part is leaving because now all the bad guys friends know exactly where you are right and so the speed of getting in and out is essential to the ability to get away and, and so they want to, to prepare in advance for every contingency they can think of so as to maximize the opportunities that come and minimize the risk that they didn't expect. It, it makes me think of a rehearsed life,
0: which at face value, I'm not sure if that sounds good, but if we look at entertainment, if we look at plays, we look at movies, we look at sports, I mean, we're all watching massively massively rehearsed activities playing out before our lives. And if it's a, a movie, it was played out till they got it right. So we're we're seeing the, it's kind of like some of the YouTube things where they, you know, throw a basketball and hit a wall and do whatever, and it makes a shot. And you find out later that they it took them 110 tries to get that. And we see the one. But then we go into life and we just do it. We let it happen to us. It uh, reminds me back, this is one of our first shows, Tom, a long time ago with Tom Rath, the author of Success 2.0 is what he's really well known for. But he had a book called Fully Charged. And that was his focus. What makes a good day? We tend to look at it as happenstance. How was your day? Well, gosh, man, traffic was pretty light. Kids were kind of nice at, at breakfast table. Uh, got to work and found out somebody's bringing in lunch and, uh, I got a, my, my supervisor came in. It looks like I might get that opportunity. I was blah, blah, blah. These things that happen to you and it was a good day. And then how's the next day? Well, uh, traffic was bad and I spilled my coffee and it was a bad day. And he saying the things that make up a good day, we can see why don't we make an intentional effort to have those things happen over and over. But it brings us to what is the outcome that we want? If I go into this situation, <clears throat> We talk about sales. If I go in, I'm hoping to make a sale, you know, take care of the person. Well, if it's something they really need, but why do I not do that with the rest of my life? Why do I not have the forethought to think about this conversation? Even just coming home, we all know Mark, Tim Ziegler family. And he talked I'll never forget him talking about that, that he made a big shift when he would be at work all day, kind of with that work sword drawn, and he's doing it. And he would get to the, his driveway. He's like me, he's got a long driveway. And he would get there, stop, literally stop his car. And this was after he was having problems. He was not being effective at home, he was not having fulfillment at home. Stop his car and he mentally put that sword down and pick up the sword for his family and think about okay, I'm going into my wife, my kids. What are their needs? What do I want to do? Do I want to connect with them? Do I want to give them joy? Do I want peace in the home? Whew, how am I going to do this? And man, we're you know, that's that pause. And we are in a more and more pauseless culture where we just go from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And if there is a pause, you fill it by pulling that little screen up out of your pocket and you do some kind, you fill it with something. And we don't pause and we don't think and we're not intentional. And yet we're, here you are on stage and talking about, mental models. And you and I talk about this with the habit of getting up in the morning and creating that mental model. What do you want out of the day? But I'm thinking if I'm going to do this effectively, I should be stopping to connect with that mental model and rehearse. How many times a day should I do that? Endless. Heck, matter of fact, Tom, I right now, where's my phone? Well, I turned it off for our show, but today I'm playing with it. I have my timer going off on my smartphone here every hour. And every hour I do a set of something. Push-ups, pull-ups, dips is what I'm doing. That's outside of if I go ride or run. But I'm just going to try that because I've read about this guy who does 1,000 push-ups a day and 200 dips a day. And I'm going to give it a shot. So it'll take me a while to get there. But what if, but what if I did that every hour and it thought every hour it's just stop? What am I doing? What am I doing? Where did I go? And and what it what it's already shown me today is oh my gosh, one, how fast the hour goes. And two, it's been a couple of times already where I thought, really? I think all I did was get a drink, go to the bathroom, play Scrabble with my son. Now that's that's highly valuable time right there. And thought about a couple of phone calls. And, and the hour's up and I didn't get the accountability for that. But what if I did that? What is my and boom, it's a mental model alarm.
1: All right, I'm getting inspired, Tom. Yeah. Well, gosh, now you're pinging on my brain. This morning in our Choose to Win mentoring, uh, we had at 32 people on today. Sweet. And Sweet. John Goodwin was in. Uh, John's one of our coaches. And he asked a question. He said, um, so he is a leader. He's got a team of people. And he's using coach leadership principles on them. And he's bringing them in about – you know, kind of expanding their view and, and helping them kind of get a higher level picture of what's going on. And he said, um, he said, this week I asked them to really spend some time on why they do what they do. And he said, several of them came in with him one on one and basically laid out their their calendars and said, Hey, I, I don't have time. To invest in why we're doing this my calendar is full top to bottom <laughs> and he's like he goes have you ever he asked me the question have you ever noticed that w- people get so consumed on the what that they forget the why mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah that's just human nature and so he asked well why do you think that is why do, why are we wired that way And so we had a long discussions on that, but if, and, and so a big takeaway is margin. Mm -hmm. You look at top performers in any area and they create margin in their schedule and they're very, very protective of how they invest their time, energy, and treasure to make sure that it's driving their primary why and their primary purpose. And so in our, in our, uh, Morning session. We talked about that. About how do you, how do you create habits that aren't habits that fill the calendar because they're good to do. They're habits that take you closer to your purpose and give you more margin in the process. And that's why the whole concept of replacing a bad habit with a good habit is so powerful because we all have the same amount of time. Nobody has more time than somebody else. When you look at a 24 hour time frame, the question is, is are you using that time to get you closer to your purpose? And if you look at all your times that, you know, are aren't being, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have downtime and slack time and all that. I'm saying, yeah, we should have it. <laughs> and we should dump all the things that aren't building us up or keeping us energized, but We should dump those things that are dragging us down or pulling energy from us, keeping us from where we want to go, because otherwise we get busy being busy and think that means success. Well, and again, and I don't want, it's
0: so hard not to sometimes come off negative with the culture, but man, we are, we're suffering from a lot of things. There's a lot of greatness too, a lot of great opportunity, but we're suffering right now with a lot of a a a, a reactive life. And I'm just as prone to it as anyone. And can we have a proactive life? And what does that mean? You may not have a day. I mean, people are listening to this right now who have uh, work, businesses, stresses, illnesses, families, extracurricular activities, so many things going on and even traumas amongst that. And they're they're having a hard time keeping their head above water. There's no way I'm going to be offensive enough to minimize that for anyone. I I get that. And your mental model opportunity and ability to be proactive and have some margin may come down to finding five minutes in your day during lunch, in the bathroom, whatever, where you take that five minute, even a one minute. I, I uh, was talking with some guys, some of the guys from Ransomed Heart. That's uh, John Eldridge. If you ever read Wild at Heart, that's his group. Well, he's, I, I've got friends at work there and they have a meditation app called pause or something. I can't, I actually can't remember at the moment, but they have a meditation, a pause that you can do once a day or however many times a day. That's one minute. One minute, so you're out there thinking, hey, how am I supposed to find 20 minutes to meditate like so-and-so or 45 minutes? I heard so-and-so meditates for two hours or whatever. It's one minute. And it's amazing, it, it, even if you go to that, their effort is to take one minute, one minute out of your day to stop and just whew, take into account. I mean, I'd say literally we can all do that. I think the, the, the issue though is thinking that, is, is that really gonna help? I'd say try it. Try one minute of a pause to just think about what is my intent for this day? What is my, what am I feeling right now? Because again, we're in a spot where we do not have to have a single solitary bored moment. We're finding, we're having kids right now and and, and adults who have no idea what it is to be bored, Tom. We knew what it was like to be bored. Dude, there's not only nothing to watch, there's literally nothing to watch. There's three channels and it's soap operas. It's the middle of the day. And if you're not in school or whatnot, and, and you're looking around, what do I have to read a book? Go ride a bike. I, what do you do?
1: Color? I remember as a kid, you know, it'd be like eight o'clock and the sun was up and, you know, just finished breakfast. And I'd be like, there's nothing to do. And mom would look at me and go, get on your bike and I'll see you at dark 30. Exactly. I mean, it was like. So off I went on my swim, no helmet, no cell phone, you know, no rules other than there was boundaries that I couldn't go across. And when I ended up at a friend's house, just call and let them know that I'm there. Right. And we would show up at one of our friends' house to eat lunch. And then we would go back out and bed. I mean, uh, curfew was dark 30 during the summer. It was like, be, be at home within 30 minutes of it getting dark. Yeah. And gosh, it, it was like, There was nothing to do, but yet our days were filled. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. I hope you find
0: a takeaway that inspires or equips you to move closer to your dreams, your
1: desires, and your convictions. Here's here's a crazy study. Uh, I read this yesterday. And no, wait, wait, when did I read this? Today's Monday, or yeah, today's Monday. I read this on Friday, Friday morning in my inbox because I'm a Google nerd and I do these Google words and they send me articles. This one shows up. So in this study, 28% of people in the last year have quit their jobs because of mental health reasons. What's the percentage again? 28%. So when we think of this great resignation and all the people finding new jobs, 28% of the people who quit were for mental health reasons. So listen to these top three reasons. So they said, okay, you quit for mental health. What are the subcategories that you quit for? Stress was number one at 55%. Depression was number two at 38%. -hmm. And lack of motivation was number three. At 37%. Wow. So I want everybody to hear this. Okay. So another word for stress is burnout, right? People are, and so if you're a leader out there, if you're leading a team, what's the antidote to burnout? It's quality of life. Right? It's creating energy. So depression was 38%. So what's the antidote to depression? It's purpose, you know, Rabbi Lappin said, you know, the opposite of depression is not happiness, it's purpose. So if, if, you're, if you're depressed and you wanna get yourself out of it, just start getting clarity on your purpose and go after it. If you're leading an organization and, and you've got a and you do two things, you, you get real clarity on, hey, this is the mission, the vision of our business. This is the problem we solve. And you get people excited about going out and making a difference. And then as the leader, as the coach leader, you find out on an individu- individual basis what their big whys are individually. And you link those two things. You get rid of that one. And then lack of motivation. 37%, they're like, eh, I'm just tired of the job. It doesn't motivate me anymore. Well, people stay where they're growing and learning and achieving their goals. Yeah. So if you want to motivate yourself, set some goals, determine some things you want to learn, how you want to grow and get after it. Your motivation will naturally rise as you achieve and accomplish goals, growth and learning. And so isn't it interesting that the reason people are running away from their jobs have to do yeah. with quality of life, what's my reason for being here and how am I growing and learning?
0: Well we're back to your why. Uh, which I'm, I'm thinking again, we are, we do more spectating than ever these days as a call. I mean, we just do worldwide. We do more spectating cause we've got screens and we can do it. Uh, and I, and I'm, I mean, I enjoy it too, man. I love a good movie. I get on Facebook, uh, usually about once a day and what I end up watching it, you know, cause whatever you watch, they keep showing you. And so for me, it's the, uh, the end of bike races. So the European races the stuff that I, you know, that's, that's, that was my, my life. Um, And I love watching those things and we expect top performance. So you just talked about the Navy SEALs. What do we expect? What are tax dollars going? We expect top performance. We expect that they have run that drill a thousand times and that they can do it in the worst conditions. What do we expect from our sports teams? Same things, man. We expect it. And if we don't, if we see crappy performance, we're the one on the couch yelling at him or in the stands yelling at him. Man, we we that's why they get paid those million bucks. Man, they don't drop the ball, they don't miss that entertainment. What do we expect? You know, we've just seen Oscars and all that stuff. Of course, you know the drama stuff happening, but the Oscars. And then I saw another one just happen, like the Grammys or something like that, I think. And but what do we expect from our entertainment? top performance. We expect that they know what the end result is, which is our entertainment and and our safety and our whatever. They know what the end result is and they are rehearsing it over and over and over to nail it. And yet, if we look at our lives, if we all stop and just take account today, how much of today was rehearsed? How much of today did I intentionally sit down and go, what do I want out of the day? What do I want out of this encounter? What do I want out of this? And I planned, I've thought about it and I have some options too. Because I may plan for this is what I want to do this is how I'm going to do it, things change, and to stop from getting irritated to expect that possibility of change and I have an option for that as well. Man, I just and then and then even to say that most people go I just don't have time just like what you said I don't I don't have time to do that man I don't have time to plan it out and. I want to sympathize with that because I often feel that way. And yet I also sympathize with at the bottom line. Yeah. We all have the same amount of time. Somebody else is doing more than I am with less going for them and more going against them. I need to take some responsibility and can I get one minute of intentionality and rehearsal and mental
1: model? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you were saying all that. And I started thinking, well, what do I expect? What do I expect? Top performance, right? I want to see the elite of the elite in any area. And then this weekend, I watched the Masters. Hmm. And gosh, as a golfer, that's the tournament for me. It's got all these memories. I watched it with dad. The theme song comes on. I've been out to that venue. It's just unbelievable. So you're watching golf. I'm watching cycling. Right. Cool. Uh, and so – A week ago, basically today, I think, it was either today or Tuesday, that's when Tiger announced he was going to play. So 14 months ago, he was in a car accident. Uh, Both of his legs were injured. One of them was crushed 50-50 where they were going to amputate it. They said he'd probably never walk again for a while. And they said, well, if you walk again, it's not going to be good. And now he's playing in the Masters. And they asked him in the interview, do you expect to win? And he looked right in the camera and said, of course, I expect to win. And so now you can see that for 14 months, he's probably only had one goal in his head. And that is I'm going to do everything that I can humanly to get ready to play in the masters. Right. And if physically I'm able to get there, then we'll see what happens, but I'm going to go. And so, He gets there, and so what are we all hoping as golf fans? We are hoping that we see the miracle of all miracles, right, that somehow Tiger is in the mix on the weekend. And he comes out, and he has a good first round, a great second round, makes the cut. The golf world is going nuts. And then the weather comes in, and it gets really cold. So with somebody with those type of injuries – it is a huge setback, right? Uh-huh. Physically able to perform on those legs. And he has a tough third round. The whole field did, right? But but here I am watching him, and I watched every hole he played on Sunday and almost every hole he played on Saturday. And the pain in every step he took was obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy... And so my definition of what do I expect watching an event? And I think it's excellence in consideration of what's possible. And so that's a great line. Did you just write that? I think we should write that down. All right. I'm going to say it again. Say it again. Excellence, excellence in consideration of what's possible because he never once let up his attempt at excellence even though uh his limitations physically were being you know amplified by the weather and the cold you could see it in his face and I'm like that's the type of performer I want to be yeah. right that's the kind of dad I want to be that's the type of influence I want to be is to bring it with everything I've got every time and then leave it on the field every you know, everything. And that's a victory, right? It may not be a victory on the scoreboard that day, but what can we really teach our kids and those we leave to give it all you got and prep and then to do the best you can in every situation that you're in? Because you know sometimes it's against you sometimes you're not at physically peak form sometimes somebody else is just better but nobody has to be better than you in prep yeah right and in mindset did you maximize your mindset it was it was an and and I've gone back and forth on the Tiger bandwagon you know cuz he's had a lot of issues but what I've never wavered on is he has a relentless pursuit mm-hmm. to excellence on the golf course. Well, and I could
0: say that in my sphere of cycling with Lance Armstrong, he comes up constantly. I never talk to somebody about cycling. They don't bring up, oh, did you race Lance Armstrong? And of course he, you know, had his uh, tragic end with that. But uh, And I'm not going to, gosh, I'm not going to minimize uh, anything that he did. He was also an incredible athlete it's a shame that he did what he did. I w- I wish we could go back and see what he could have done without the, you know, without the enhancements and whatnot. He was an incredible, incredible athlete who was, he was maybe too much in the pursuit of excellence. He had to uh, enhance it to all degrees, but your statement there, Tom excellence in consideration of what is possible makes me think of your dad, Zig Ziglar and positive thinking won't let you do anything, but it'll let you do everything better than negative thinking will that striving for excellence. I, my day is not infinite today. I don't have infinite amount of time. I don't have an infinite amount of ability, but I can seek what's the what's the most excellent outcome I can have in this day in consideration of my time limitations of my health limitations of my uh, intellectual and knowledge base uh, today that I can increase, you know, limitations. I love the line. And now we're back to again, the looking at a we're back to goals. Do I have a goal for this day? Am I starting out with intentionality? Looking at the things I got to consider, what is possible, and then making some planning for it, even if it is one minute. And then I think if we do that, the chances are we'll soon add another minute. We'll see the value.
1: Yeah, we'll go I'm going to pile. I'm going to pile onto that. Do it thought. Excellence in consideration of what is possible. Another uh, way to look at that is excellence in that, which I can control. Yeah. Because I can't control the weather. I can't control delayed or canceled flights. I, you know, there's a lot of things I can't, I can't control, um, someone else having their, the, the best day of their life, you know, in competition. I mean, there's a lot of things I can't control. All I can control is me. So, yeah. And that's what, gosh, that's what I think that's, Jack Nicholas was another one. Um, I can't remember how many tournaments he won. It was like maybe five or six tournaments in his career where he grinded and grinded and grinded to just make the cut. His game was off. He might have had an injury. He was swinging out of it. And, you know, halfway through the second round, he was probably four or five shots not making the field you know, not making the cut, and he would just grind and grind and grind, and he would just make the cut on the number. Mm -hmm. And when he got done, he'd figure something out on the range and he ends up winning the tournament. And think about that. I mean, how many times did Nicholas win because – he said, if I keep grinding, if I give it everything I got, if I pull out every trick I know, if I use every mental ability that I have, something's going to flip, something's going to turn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out or, or maybe the weather's going to change or something over here is going to happen and it's going to give me that opportunity. And so excellence in everything you can control opens up. It always opens up doors that are better than the doors that open up when you give in. Reminds
0: me of the serenity prayer. I just pulled it up. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. We're back to some intentionality though. One minute even and we can think through that. Man, I'm glad uh I, I'm gonna do that more, Tom. Ask how your yeah. weekend was and we'll go down that trail. And, uh, oh yeah, we'll see about getting the guy, the, the Navy SEAL guy on the show. But, uh, I am, I'm encouraged and convicted and inspired. I hope everybody else is too. Thanks brother. Thank you, brother. Friends, if you want to connect with Tom Ziegler, you can find him and all Ziegler has to offer for your true performance at Ziegler.com or email him directly at TZiegler at Ziegler.com. And for me, you can find me at KevinMiller.co is my website and KevinMiller.co at most social media. Hey, till the next episode, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.